2: All right, good evening and welcome aboard to another overnight, Sports Overnight America across the country on iHeartRadio, around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Marty Toronto along the way, Uh, Dominic Jimenez obviously uh, produces the program once again and he'll contribute Dom's download coming up in the uh, final segment here. Lots to get to as we take you up to the top of the next hour. Kind of recapping the world of sports and really going to get into some baseball stuff. Go back uh, a ways with uh, former Met great. You know, you look at miracle seasons, you know, the Red Sox, of course, when they, you know, the curse of the Bambino that went over the Yankees and then 3-0 down in that series, come back, win it 4-3, get their first title. First of what, three now for the Red Sox, but you want to go through the history of baseball, there's been some amazing teams, some amazing seasons. And the 1969 New York Mets is at the top of most lists. It really and truly is. There was the 64 uh, season with the Phillies and the Cardinals. And, you know, uh, David Halberstam wrote a great book on that. But 64 was great, but 69 was just unbelievable. So we're going back. (laughs) We're going back a few decades. But Ed Crane Pool was a local New York City, born and raised, and right out of high school, right to the bigs. And he's written a book, and it's selling very well on Amazon. The Last Miracle, Ed Cranepool, his journey, 18-year journey with the amazing New York Mets, 1969. They went from ninth place, first year of divisional baseball, 100 wins and 62 defeats in a world championship, beat the Braves. Uh, And then beat the Orioles in the World Series back in 69. So Ed Cranepool is going to talk about that book. We'll lead off the show with that. Charlie Gibbons will roll in here. College football, the Big Ten over the weekend. All sorts of rumors. Here we go. Clemson, Florida State, Oregon, Washington. Uh, You know, listen, Barstool Sports, all the chat rooms going nuts over the weekend. Twitter, which is now X. I guess X marks the spot. Well, you know what? Social media and all the media platforms over the weekend, Big Ten, uh, you know, rumor mill was in high gear. So we'll do that with Charlie and then again, Dom's download. We get it going here, though. Top of the next hour uh, scores, interviews, and highlights throughout the early or late night and early morning here on Sports Byline Broadcast, iHeart and the American Forces Radio Network. We're coming right back.
1: now at Wendy's, when you buy either a Dave Single, Spicy Chicken Sandwich, Medium Frosty, or 10-piece Nuggets, you can get another for just a buck. Your dollar never tasted so good. So it's obvious what everyone will get, right? Ooh,
0: definitely not and a Frosty. Spicy Chicken Sandwich, Dave, Dave Single. Single, and a Frosty. Frosty for me. and a
1: Frosty. Okay, who said Frosty and a Frosty? Pick your obvious choice. Choose wisely.
0: Choose Wendy's. Buy one, get one for a buck. Limited time only. Price of participation may vary. The U.S. Wendy's valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined in a combo or any other offer. Hey y'all, my name is Tierra, and a little thing that I love about the Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is that it has the perfect amount of spice to jumpstart my day. Whoever thought of it, thank you so much. Hi, my name is Robert, and a little thing I love about Chick-fil-A Spicy Chicken Biscuit is the biscuit. It reminds me of my grandma's homemade biscuit. It's always buttery and savory, then you add the spices, instant classic.
3: Order the Spicy Chicken Biscuit on the Chick-fil-A app today. Real Chick-fil-A guests pay for their testimonials.
2: here on sports byline broadcast and a whole lot more on uh, monday into a tuesday edition we're still efforting ed crane pool part of that 69 mets team the amazons you know i was doing some research and some prep uh preparation for this interview and we hope to get them if we don't we'll reschedule them but uh well <laughs> what was funny is that you know you go back to your youth and i'm thinking man oh man some wayne garrett ed charles of course you know you think of Seaver and tug mcgraw and you know, names that we know, Tug McGraw, of course, Tim McGraw's dad and just, uh, you know, the amazing Met. So we hope to get him. I, I mean, as a kid, you know, up there in New England being a little radio nerd, you betcha. I was uh, I was locked and loaded. Yankee games, Red Sox games, I'd get the Cardinals at night. We even get the Cubs out of Chicago I was one of those nerdy kids. Uh, and we got the Mets, you know, Lindsey Nelson, Bob Murphy, Ralph Kiner. I'm going back a million years. So, um, yeah, we're, we're efforting. Uh, we're efforting, rather. So we look forward to it. I, I hope so. It's a good, a great book, too. I mean, it was a miracle season. Um, so... Um, we may move him to 40 past the hour. So, and again, he's on East Coast. I'm on Central. Uh, Dom in the home base in San Francisco is on Pacific. So, sometimes we get our wires crossed. So, away we go. Uh, we digress because I can't wait. Uh, listen, uh, football's been front and center. You got the Aaron Rodgers, Sean Payton thing. And, you know, listen, Aaron Rodgers is an easy target. But I'll tell you what. I, maybe it's because I just – I like the fact that he's out of Green Bay, he's getting a change of venue. Yeah, he's on the East Coast and he's, you know, look, he's along with Brady. I mean, this era of quarterbacks, this this, you know, this last 20 years of the National Football League has been really dominated by Brady and Rodgers. I mean, you can sit there and tell me all you want about Mahomes and Burrow and all these guys, and they're going to have their day and they've had their days and they're going to have more days and many Sundays and many Monday nights and many weekends and Super Bowls and playoffs. I get it. But for the last two decades, a decade and a half for Rodgers, he and Brady, it's been, it's been miraculous. It really has. And when you look at the numbers, and again, Rodgers should have more in terms of Super Bowl hardware. He really should. But he doesn't. But he may not be done with the Jets. But what I like is the way he quickly came to defense of Nathaniel Hackett. Look, we know Nathaniel Hackett and the, and the Denver Broncos were horrific. I mean, this guy didn't make it through a season. He did not make it through a seat. We know that. So now you're the new sheriff in town and Sean Payton, and then you you, you take a shot at a guy. You, you kick a guy when he's down low. I mean, what, what type of people do this? You know, you're going to kill Nathaniel Hackett? Okay, so he failed as a head coach. But you got to make it personal, and then you got to come in as the new guy at Rocky Mountain High in Denver, and Sean Payton rolls into town, and, you know, he brandishes his big, fat ego, and, you know, has to uh, make himself feel better by diminishing what the Broncos did. last. You know, hey, last time I looked, you know what? Uh, Russell Wilson had a horrible year. He had a horrible year. You don't want to blame it on the coach, but, you know, how classless. I mean, Sean Payton, Really? You got to take a shot like that. but So, what? The guy, the, a lot of guys fail as head coaches. I mean, every, you know, Charlie Weiss, every single, you know, every one of the disciples of Bill Belichick, really, for the most part, have not done well. Yeah. You know, does that make Bill Belichick a bad guy? No. Does it make those guys, the coaches, you know, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, uh, Josh McDaniel, we can go on at Charlie Weiss. We can keep going. And, you know, not one of them whether it was college or pro has done all that well, but you know what? You don't see, you don't hear Belichick doing that. And you're not going to hear, you know, another coach come in. I I just think honestly, Sean Payton, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, but it just, it to me, and I, I guess to get back to my original point, what a great job out of Aaron Rodgers. You know, he knows Nathaniel Hackett is an outstanding offensive coordinator Rodgers was quick to come to his defense, and I love it. And, you know, now Sean Payton wants to, you know, answer with four words. No, we've, you know, we've gotten past that. Well, you know what, maybe you have, but, you know, he, he didn't do him. He didn't, you know, listen, when Payton was in New Orleans, look, he put, I mean, he and, the, you know, his assistant coaches were having bounties put on other players. You know, he had to sit out a season. You know, he got his ass thrown out of the NFL. So, you know, you sit here and you cringe when a Guy like Sean Payton has to go slow, go so far down that road. There's no place for that. There really isn't. So, you know, listen, uh, I'm one of those guys now. I'm going to root like heck against the Denver Broncos. And you know what? Maybe they'll have a great year. You know, maybe they'll go 11 and 6 and get to the playoffs. And Sean Payton, look at Sean Payton's record coaching wise. Um, you know, I, I mean, in all honesty, he's he's a, he's a pretty darn good football coach. Got a big mouth, doesn't think before he speaks. I mean, it was just a horrible job. All right, great job out of Dom. We got an update. Ed Cranepool is going to join us. And, you know, that'll work out fine, you know, Dom, and I appreciate that. And I'll give Dom – I mean, I got to give Dom a little bit of airtime today. But he gets Cranepool, so we'll talk the book at 40 past the hour. But, but Dom, I just want to say – you know, I was all puffing my chest out here last week. You were off on Friday. I'm like, here come the Red Sox. They're going to go into the Bay Area and take at least two out of three. And I thought they would sweep the Giants. Well, guess what? They lost two out of three. So, you know, and I just can't figure out this Giants team, but I, even more so I can't figure out the Red Sox teams. And these are my two teams this year. I mean, I've always been a Red Sox fan, but the Giants, kind of the girl with the curl in the National League. What What goes with the Giants? Are you a believer yet or no?
3: No, I'm I just there's yes, they win. They're they're they do a great job Amazing. of being a team. They're great at the collective scrappiness. But I've I've harped on this all season. At the end of the day, you still have to have very good players on your team. The the way that they get it done can only Amazing. be you can only go so far with it. And yeah, you know, they did take two out of three against Boston. Just as easily they could have been swept. It it was I think two extra inning games that were the two games that they won. And a little bit of news for you, Marty, for with Boston, good news at least. They're going up to Seattle, and Seattle just traded their closer today, Paul Seawald. So they're clearly in sell mode. So that might be a nice opportunity to rebound for Boston.
2: We don't have a lot of time. I would respond to that, but I'll save it for later on in the week uh, with the deadline tonight. So we'll be talking trades tomorrow and Wednesday and into Thursday. But I got to get your opinion on the U.S. women. Uh, you saw this, uh, the draw with the Netherlands. They've got Portugal into the wee hours of the morning. What do you think? What's your gut telling you right now about the U.S. team? Are, are they still the favorite? Are they going to get it done, or what do you think they're in the World Cup? Go ahead. Give me a quick hit. I
3: think they have to still be favorites, but I think the the gap between them and the second favorite team has significantly closed. It's it's it, The gap is closed. It's not completely closed, but it's a lot closer than it was entering the tournament. This is one of those situations where Portugal has been playing pretty decently in this tournament Mm -hmm. uh, and and in the lead into it. But I think this is one of those situations where, despite the uh, women's national team, the U.S., despite Mm -hmm. their issues that they've had, I think that they collectively just show up, they blitz Portugal, and they just show them that they are the more talented team. How they perform moving forward is a concern, especially given how some of these other teams look. I I, I remember we were talking about some of the players that I was looking at, and one of the players I mentioned was Alexia Puteas from Spain. Well, Spain, period, looks awesome. So that wasn't necessarily one of the uh, top three, four teams that I saw coming into the tournament, but they've been fantastic too. So the U.S., slight favorites moving forward, but I do think they get the win uh, Monday into Tuesday uh, against Portugal.
2: All right, our women's 2023 World Cup report brought to you by Destination Grill. They have new Saturday and Sunday brunch hours now 10 to 2. It is 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Saturday and Sunday at Destination Grill in Grimes, Iowa. U.S. women, uh, I want to say midnight uh, Pacific, 2 a.m. Central, 3 a.m. Central, tomorrow so we're into the wee hours of the morning when uh, most if not all of you are listening so away you go we will keep you updated scores interviews and highlights full recap on tuesday show so and uh, tuesday into a wednesday um i think dom's right folks the, the, i think they'll take care of portugal i'm big time concerned about whether they get it done i i, I mean i the, this feels like the olympics to me all over again and we know what happened there bronze medal England's going to be tough. Spain's a handful. And there could be some other team, a couple other teams lined in the weeds. So we'll see. All right. We come back on the other side. We'll get Charlie Gibbons in here. A lot of action on college football. Musical chairs with conferences continue. Of course, last week, Colorado back to the Big 12. And that just really sparks up a furor. But the commissioner of the Pac 12 says he's going to have a TV deal announced within 48 hours. We'll see. Is this one last gasp out of the Pac-12? We'll come back here on Sports Byline, iHeart and the American Forces Radio Network.
0: Move your things the right way. Call Colonial Van Lines now for a free quote.
1: Call now to learn more about this special $250 long-distance move discount. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. 800-847-0225. That's 800-847-0225. Hey, airline travelers! Let's say you have a problem and you need to change or cancel an existing airline reservation.
2: Guys, yeah, the college and pro football fifth quarter takeover. Yeah, we're getting ready for college football and NFL right around the corner, folks. Uh, we are not going to mess around here today, a Monday into a Tuesday overnight. Uh, we're going to get right after it with Charlie Gibbons. There is a lot going on. Uh, you know, the rumor mill is in high gear. It's an overdrive right now. Let's get him in here. Uh, this portion of the show brought to you by Destination Grill. I want to give a big shout out to Randy Byrne, too. Uh you know, just a wonderful guy, Vanguard Utility Partners. And of course, he's part of Iowa One Call Dial 811. Charlie, what a weekend, man. I've never seen it like this. I mean, Friday night it started and it didn't end till well, uh, it's still going on right now, but man, wherever there's smoke, I believe there's fire. Um, just give me, you know, all sorts of things. I mean, I will say this. I, you know, the commissioner of the Pac 12 says he's gonna have a media deal to announce. He's also gonna lose Washington and Oregon. And you you nailed that a long time ago. They are not staying in the Pac twelve. So I don't know if we start right there or go to the rumor mill, but go ahead. Your take on the weekend.
4: Yeah, it's rough. I I I think they're under I think Blake Koff is under a lot of pressure, uh, obviously, to, to get the deal the out there. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah, to get that out there. I mean I mean, we're seeing rumors now that yeah, Oregon and Washington are leaving to the Big Ten, and uh, Florida State and Clemson to the Big Ten. I mean, it's it, it's everywhere. It's all over. But the the Pac twelve the Pac twelve is in trouble. I, I I just can't believe that it's taken this long for them to get something organized. And I remember when they brought this guy in here. He was supposed to be, you know, an innovative thinker and a guy that was gonna put the Pac-12 on the map and right now it's looking like he's going to be the one that sank the Titanic here. it is yeah. not looking Char- good.
2: I mean, yeah, I mean, we'll stay on the Pac-12. I mean, Arizona's already looking San Diego state has turned them down. There was talk of Boise, Charlie. I don't, I don't see where they can turn right now and this media deal, whoever they're partnering up partnering up with, and I got to think it's probably a combination of ESPN and someone else. Do they realize what they're getting? Because you're not going to convince me that Oregon and Washington are going to stick around in this watered down, really kind of a drab Pac-12 conference. There is very little left meat on this bone. And I'm telling you, I would be stunned if Oregon and Washington stay put. Stunned. But here's the other theory. And we go back to Notre Dame. Everyone says, well, Notre Dame, the Big Ten's not going to move until they finally get a real solid read on Notre Dame because of their new athletic director. Swarbrick is out, end of the year. Bavakwa from NBC is already in there. He's working along with Swarbrick. It's a transition that's ongoing. A lot of people think the Big Ten's waiting on a decision from Notre Dame. You've heard the rumor. What do you think about that? That to me does make some sense before I believe Clemson, Florida State, Oregon, and Washington are coming to turn it into a mega 20 team conference, 20 school conference. I think there is something to the Notre Dame thing. How about you, real quick? Absolutely.
4: I think the Big Ten wants Notre Dame. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, and I guess if I was the Big Ten, I, I, I would just be – I'd give them a deadline. I would. I'd, I'd give them a deadline, and I'd say it's either a go or no go, but, but here's your cutoff date because we're making a move. Mm-hmm. With or without you, you know, we want it to be with you, but we're not, we're not waiting or holding out. You can't take another six months or a year to decide uh, what it is
2: you want to do. So, um, but Charlie, look, look, where yeah, are they going to go? Well, they're not, that's just it. See, Notre Dame, to me, they're in the catbird seat. Let's look at this from a practical standpoint, Charlie, think about it. They stay independent. They don't have to worry about a conference championship game. If they're rated in the top four, they're going to the playoff, and then it's going to 12, so they're going to be in the playoff every year. They've got their own NBC TV deal. I don't know. I mean, I can make a real strong case for Notre Dame saying, we're not joining a conference. We're going to stay independent. We're Notre Dame, and there's a little bit of braggadocious. There's a little bit of ego and pride involved there, but there's also a practical – you know, very logical reason, as I just laid out, why they just stay put. Independence has its uh, has its benefits. You know, being single.
4: Yeah, we'll see. It depends on how the ACC. What happens to the AA or ACC because they're also getting money from the ACC. Like I think they're getting like seventeen million dollars a year from the ACC. Yeah, they're the going to play North
2: Carolina. Sports. Yeah, they're going to play North Carolina, Clemson, Florida State every once in a while. They're going to play. A quasi. they'll play Wake Forest. You know, they play Boston College. They're still going to do that. But again, they're not going to join the ACC. They have no incentive to go there. And they have really not a lot of incentive to go to the Big 10. I think that the Big 10 has to uh, what can they do? Okay, but back they, up back up to the
4: to yeah. the original statement which is we're hearing rumors that possibly Clemson and Florida State are leaving the ACC to join the Big Ten. That's true. So That's true. those two teams or yeah. one of those two teams leave the ACC. What is the ACC going to look like? Meaning You're right. with the ACC, right. the next Pac-12 and the one that collapses. Right. Or folds hey. That's or- a great point. So so then Notre Dame's left holding the bag because now you're right. they're not getting you're, that yeah, $17 right. million from the ACC. They're only talking about their NBC TV contract for Notre Dame football. And honestly, with one or two teams like a Clemson or Florida State joining the Big Ten, honestly, at that point, is MB, NBC just go to Notre Dame and say, hey, look, guys, there's, there's no more chairs left.
2: Yeah. No, Charlie, that's a, that's a great point, but here's the thing. And Scott Dockterman wrote a great piece in the athletic today about the TV situation. And, you know, they're only ushering in the TV package slowly this year, <laughs> seven games, big 10 on NBC it's going to 15 or CBS and the combined, the hybrid model uh, with CBS, yep. uh, with NBC, with Fox, with the big 10 network. I mean, you want to talk about having your cake and eat it. I, That, to me, has got to be very appealing to Notre Dame. And Notre Dame is highlighted twice this year. They're going to play Ohio State on NBC, and they're going to play Southern Cal, which, oh, by the way, is coming to the Big Ten. So, you know, Notre Dame is kind of being strange here. They're looking, they're acting like a Big Ten wannabe and going to be, but then at the same time, they're playing their cards close to the vest. I have a problem with Notre Dame here, and I think you made a very good point. Big Ten is going to say, look it, the tail's not going to wag the dog, Notre Dame. You're either coming, you're all in, or you're out. And I think you're right. They got to give them some sort of deadline. But I can tell you, Notre Dame has to be very careful here because they're going to like the, uh, they like the way that independence looks. They really do because they say, "All we're going to do is you know, even in a bad year, if we're ranked in the top twelve, we're going to the playoff." They they it's like that. Uh,
4: they like that, assuming that that TV deal with NBC holds true. That's that's what they well, that's like about the years. independence. It, yeah. It's not until it is when it's restructured at the end of when, when's that contract end? Like uh,
2: thirty, I think twenty thirty. Uh, I don't know, Charlie. It's a fair question. I I think they just renewed it. I I don't know. I it's a very fair question. I should know that. I don't. We could look it up. Um, I want to say thirty five. Thirty five. Uh, but I. I That's don't. 12 years. That's a long time. Well, maybe they did. Who knows? I, I mean, yeah. I, to me, to me, here's what I do know, Charlie, because uh, we're short on time today and I want to get you on Thursday and Friday. We're going to spend a lot of time on this. Charlie, I'm worried about the state of college football outside of the sec. Honestly, the sec in the big 10 college football looks like a boneyard. It looks like bodies are scattered everywhere. You have to realize that. And I know you feel it too. I mean, seriously.
4: Yeah, I mean, the absolutely. A- the the big twelve, the big twelve is they it's better stay on c- their horse. It's like and a keep cemetery. Runners. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's the thing. look, I I hate to say it, but it it's it's kill or be killed. And and you gotta go out there and you gotta stake your is, claim. Yeah. And and if you're a commissioner you're right. for, for, for one of these power five conferences, you better be I'm ahead sure. of the game. You better not be sitting back waiting to see if Billy is going to ask Susie if she wants to go out tonight, it's yeah. like you better be going and taking what you want and going after it because it's it's going to be too late and you're going to be left holding the bag.
2: You, you know, the music's going to stop and there's not going to be no. any chairs left. I, I think you're right, Charlie. It's a great point. And I think you just hit the essence of the, the whole thing, too. The Big 12 cannot sit here and sit on their hands. They have to build on the Colorado acquisition. I think they'd be smart to get Arizona and Arizona State. You know, that brings in the Southwest, that brings in the Phoenix, that brings in Tucson, that brings in great television exposure. We like those desert teams, Arizona, Arizona State. You know, and as far as Cal, Stanford, and the uh, Oregon State, Washington State, I have no clue. I have no clue. But college football right now, you're right. When the music stops, there is going to be a mad scramble for seats, and it's going to be fascinating. But Notre Dame, for for their part, they're going to sit back and, um, you know, try to, you know, go at a very dawdling pace here. And I don't think it's going to work. I think the Big Ten has to say, look, you got to make a decision. you got to, you know what, or get off the pot. Charlie, we'll spend a lot of time on this. Keep your nose to the grindstone, my friend. It is going to be college and pro football, the fifth quarter takeover. It's coming this fall. We look forward to it. Our Saturday nights are going to be full with scores, interviews, highlights, stadium reports. We're going to have it locked and loaded. And don't look now, but. The show is airing, and we're into August. We are into August. We are three and a half weeks out from the start of football. It's that quick. All right, good job out of the whole crew. Ed Cranepool, he was part of the amazing, the Miracle Mets, 1969, Tug McGraw, Ed Charles, Wayne Garrett, Tom Seaver, Kuzman. Miracle season, and, and we look, look forward to it. We'll get that rolling with Ed Cranepool. His book is out, available at Amazon. I'm Morty Terrell. This is Sports Overnight America. We're heard across the country on iHeart, around Logan Forces Radio Network, tuned in, Stitcher, all the great places to get the podcast on Sports Byline. Coming right back.
1: This radio commercial was made to convince you to stop speeding. We can't use siren sound effects on the radio, so we'll use other equally jarring sound effects to get your attention. Like telling you that whether you drive a little over the speed limit or a lot, you can crash just the same. You could hurt yourself or worse, others. I'm at the scene of the collision. And the damage you cause will be beyond repair. See, we didn't have to use crash or siren sounds after all. Speeding catches up with you. Brought to you by NHTSA.
2: Across the country on iHeart radio around the globe on the American Forces Radio Network. This is Sports Overnight America. I'm Marty Terrell. Thanks. I am really excited about this opportunity uh, that presents uh, itself right now. We're going to talk to Ed Cranepool. Man, this is a thrill. It really is. Ed Cranepool was part of. One of the most legendary miracles, the Miracle Mets, the Amazing Mets. We all see the pictures of Tug McGraw, Seaver, Kuzman. Uh, I don't know if John Matlack was on that team, but Ed Charles, Wade Garrett. Ed Cranepool, a high school native New Yorker, born and raised to play for the Mets. 62 and then 69, seven years later, after some ups and downs, whammo, the Amazing Mets. Beat the Baltimore Orioles, beat the Braves in the playoffs prior to that. First year of divisional baseball, uh, crazy regular season, trailed the Cubs in a dogfight, pull away, win it by eight. And now it's all been put together beautifully by Ed Cranepool. The last miracle, my 18 year journey with the amazing Mets. Ed Cranepool, I'm Marty Terrell. Thank you so much for your time, your effort and these written words on the 69 Miracle Mets. How are you, Ed? Good to talk to you.
5: I'm fine, Marty, and I've really been looking forward to coming back to New York. We've been in Florida for the last two years, and uh, we just wanted to come back and see our old friends and be in the neighborhood, and, of course, we have a book to talk about, and it's been a lot of fun writing. Yeah.
2: What made you decide to write this? And I'm so glad you did. It's available on Amazon right now at a pretty good price uh, it's selling really well let me ask you the question why now Ed and I'm glad you did by the way how did you come up with the idea to come up with the book
5: well when you when you check the dates and you see that uh, you know how old you're getting you say you bet you don't have a whole lot of time so you might as well do something <laughs> I was sitting around my wife was sick last year and had an opportunity because I was able to uh, be sitting around and uh, had nothing to do and I said this is a good time that I have to be in the house taking care of her. And, and, uh, I did, we, we got together and, uh, you know, we had some fun, talked about the good times, the bad times. We didn't rip into any players, but, you but know, we had a lot of fun talking about them and it was great writing it. And then the more you, the more you write, the more you, you remember different things and uh, it was a lot of fun.
2: Yeah. I'm so glad you did because that season was Crazy. I mean, you guys it was the first year, Ed. You guys were in the East Division. Cubs had you guys early. You caught up with them, neck and neck finish, and then you pull away and win it by eight. Uh, you guys were cellar dwellers before that. And the 10 team division in this lone division, you guys were ninth. I mean, you know, I mean, it was rough. 62 was your rookie year. That wasn't a lot of fun. But through the mid 60s, well, it was all about Mickey Mantle and the Yankees. Then along come the Mets in 69.
5: Right well, it sure was. We were in last place for seven years in a row. You lose a hundred ball games, and you turn it yeah. around and win a hundred games. You know, you have a lot of talk about. There was no pressure on us. We had uh, made a deal in '68 to acquire a new manager, and he made a tremendous difference in just working with the guys and 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 teaching them how to play the game and how to win. And there's not that much difference when you really come to out with it. Uh, between winning and losing. I mean, a game here or there makes a tremendous difference. It gives you confidence. You start uh, playing better. And, of course, as a ball club, we had a lot of injuries early in the year. We got well, and we just played together. And the big thing was we played everybody. So we had a 25-man roster, and we used the whole the whole roster. And, of course, when it came to the Cubs, by the time the end of August came, they were tired, wiped out. Leo used the same – eight guys every day, and they wore themselves out, and we passed them, and, you know, we had no problem going down the stretch and wound up beating them by eight, nine games, and uh, it was great getting into the playoffs. Was, we were young, fresh, and ready to win.
2: When you guys broke camp in Florida in 69, in spring of 69, did you have any sense that this was a triple-digit, 100-win ball club? Did you have any sense, Ed, that this might be a special year the way it turned out?
5: Any well, clue at all Well, the only guy that put, felt that way was Gil. You know, he asked us if he <laughs> felt like that. And, you know, we said we wanted to get to 500 first. You know, we had sure. been under 500 our whole career. We didn't know what it was like to be above water. But when we got there in June, it was really exciting because we started to play great baseball out in California. And against yeah. the Dodgers, you know, with that great pitching staff they had, you know, you beat them. You knew you beat up a good ball club. and we came north, we came back to New York after a 10-game streak out there where we, we won every game, we felt great. And our first ball club that we had to play was Chicago, and we had a four-game series with them. And uh, I beat them the first game uh, with a base hit in the bottom of the ninth. The next day, Seaver pitches almost the perfect game. Jimmy Qualls gets a base hit late in the ballgame. I mean, yeah. we just dominated the you know the national league the second half of the year. We won over sixty games in the second half of the year, so you know the balkan was ready to really play
2: and yeah, no doubt about it. uh talking to ed Cranepool again, his book is uh the last miracle his eighteen year journey with the amazing mets uh hundred wins sixty two losses uh you were do I read this right? You were almost traded before the deadline in sixty nine you almost won as part of a deal with uh uh, Joe Torrey, and you are going to end up in St. Louis. Do I read that right? Is that correct?
5: Well, I, 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 they were trying to trade me in the spring. I guess, you know, when you play seven years wow. and you lose 100 games, you've got to move players around. And yeah. we did. We made a lot sure. of trades. And, uh, you know, it, it never happened. Nothing came about. Well, I wound up starting the season in New York, and it was great. And mm-hmm. once we started winning, we didn't make a lot of moves. Uh, we kept the same players. We all got healthy coming down the stretch, so it was a lot of fun. We had been together, all these guys have been together five or six years together, you know, losing, and now we started to win, we started to have some fun, and, you know, the the area in New York was, was devastated at that point. We had a lot of headaches in New York, a lot of problems, and, of course, you had the Vietnam War. You had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things sure. going on around the country, and this was great for baseball. It took everybody's mind off or baseball, and they followed a ball club, a young club, the Mets, and they were all in our corner, and everybody was rooting for us, and it made it a lot of fun to finish, you know, in first place. And when we got to the playoffs, we celebrated the three parties. We drank all that champagne. We weren't spraying (laughs) it around the clubhouse. We, We figured you were supposed to drink it, and we did, and I'll tell you what, we were high for three series.
2: That's great. You know, Ed, again, Ed Crankpool, legendary member of the 69 Mets. We'll get to the Gillette commercial, which I remember, believe it or not. I do remember it. Here's what I do know. You were you were New York City born and raised. I mean, this had to be what a what a gift from God to be part of that 69 team, literally great, having grown yeah. up within an earshot. What's that? It
5: was a it was a great year to be part of anything because in 69, oh, man. you know, once you won that, you know, you were, you know, forever people want to talk about it. I never knew the ballpark held that many people. I thought it only held 54,000, but I think there were millions at the ballpark. 60.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I do know. You beat the Braves. That was a pretty good team in the national league championship series, but that world series, come on now, that Baltimore team with Palmer, I mean, they had Dobson, they had Buford, Blair, Robinsons, both I mean, you beat a – They I had mean, McNally was, and they had
5: Quayer. They had four 20-game winners that year. Four 20-game winners that year. It's exactly that's, right. That's I correct. Mean, that,
2: give but me your you know, mindset. Pitching Take
5: came a- back. The uh, pitching in, during the playoffs against Atlanta mm-hmm. had disappeared. We scored a lot of runs. We scored eight runs. The left-handers played in the playoffs. We scored about eight runs of ball game. We beat uh, Atlanta. High-scoring games. The pitchers started to believe in themselves. They came back the second, the second series against Baltimore where, when we needed them. It was Jerry Kuzman that put the stopper in there. Sieva lost the first game, and that was the last time we lost. We beat them four straight, uh, and Kuzman was the stopper in the second game. He was the difference maker, and we win that ball game. We come back to New York. The left-handers who weren't playing in the playoffs were sitting around and uh, watching the game. We played the third game and knocked out Palmer, and uh, we won that ball game. we were up two to one, and we won the next two games, and it was great. And everything was happening in our favor. Uh, Ron Sabota made a great catch in right field. Tommy Agee made Sabota, yep. two great catches in, in another game. So everything was working right. Our pitching was strong, and we were ready to play.
2: Yeah. Hey, uh, Don Clendenon. he didn't have too bad of a World Series in postseason, did he? The tall, lanky Don Clendenon. No, How about that?
5: And, uh, Don was a great hitter. We That was the only trade we made during the year, and we acquired him from, uh, you know, uh, who knows? He was with so many teams. I think he came from Houston. Uh, they had traded him all around, and he came to us. He did. He, he did, uh, yes. He platooned with myself. He had three home runs in the playoffs, and I hit a home run with the game I played. So we had four home runs mm-hmm. at first base, so we had plenty of action at first base. We We controlled first base in that series
2: i tell you what, your memory, uh, Ed Crane Pool, is just beautiful. I mean, you are bringing us back a long time and just one of the great moments in baseball. I want to end on this note, not a negative note, but, man, back then, complete games, pitchers would go. The the hell with the pitch count. Pitchers would throw 150. I don't know. I don't want to get into anything controversial, but, man, baseball back then, you guys made decent money for the time, but, man, guys played. Guys were gamers. We don't see that anymore, do we, Ed?
5: Well, you don't see it anymore because their, their property is so valuable, they're trying to control it so they can utilize yeah. a lot of people. But uh, it's certainly changed. The game is now back. I think, uh, you know, the Olympics start dragging on. The games went too long. Four-hour ball games are too long with too many guys taking too many times. So they speeded it back up. It's a lot better now, and, and, you know, these pitches only go six innings, but you know what? They're throwing pretty hard, and it's tougher to hit now because you always have fresh arms out there. They have 12 pitches on a staff. We only had 10, so our guys put a lot more innings in, and they weren't throwing quite as hard. So these guys today are tough. They they earn their money. They're making a lot, and they're earning it, and, uh, you know, we love it, and and I enjoy going to the ball game when I come to New York.
2: Ed, you're to be thanked um, for this this entry. This will live uh, forever. A book lasts forever.
5: Uh, you have
2: taken well, the time it was, it was, to chronicle. It,
5: it's it, go it ahead. It was great. It was great. I I you know I controlled the whole book. We uh, yep. we wrote it all about my career, and uh, we had a lot of fun watching.
2: You know what? I think there's an angel looking over you. His name is Roger Angel. He's up in heaven. He was a legendary uh, baseball writer for the New Yorker. He penned and typed many a great transcripts, wonderful baseball chronicler. And I think he got an angel, Roger Angel, who would bless this book. So grateful for it, Ed. I wish you well. I hope it sells. We're going to keep pumping it for you. You captured the essence of a miracle season with the 1969 New York Mets, and I thank you on behalf of everyone. Best of you, best of health, and Godspeed to you.
5: Thank you very much, and I appreciate being on. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: We appreciate it. Ed Crane Pool, the last miracle, his 18-year journey with the amazing New York Mets. James Monroe High School in New York City. Home, spun, and part of that 62 team, which was god-awful, the 69 team that won it all. We come back on Sports Byline. I want to thank Ed Crane Pool, first baseman and uh, outfielder with the uh, 69 Mets. Uh, appreciate Triumph Books and the folks up in Chicago. Uh, and thanks to Darren Peck for getting that interview. Appreciate it. That'll, that'll be a good read. That will be a good read. Amazon, 27 bucks, the hardcover. You get the Kindle version as well. Ed Crane the last miracle, his 18-year journey with the amazing Mets. 100 wins, 62 losses. First year of the divisions, beat the Cubs in the National League East by eight, and on they went to a world championship. Great, great memory. And it was a rough time in our country. I mean, you think about the sixty, uh, late 60s uh, into the 70s, he said, at Vietnam War, New York had Son of Sam, David Berkowitz. They had a, they had a uh, you know, the Son of Sam uh, with mass murders. They had a huge blackout in New York City. Uh, that was in the early 70s again Vietnam War um, I want to say New York had uh, just a, just a, a garbage problem I want to say the uh, the sanitary workers went on strike and New York City was a literally a dump now I'm I'm really efforting that just off sheer memory on the year but New York had a like i said the sanitary guys the garbage guys all went on strike and new york city was a disaster so what a great job out of ed cranepool to remember um all the strife that was going on in his native new york i mean that's a great job and and the mets really it changed everybody's mood i mean i i was nine years old i remember i really do and we used to up in the hill foothills of the we we get New York baseball at night, get the Yankee games. Um, later on, we got the Met games. The year that they won it, though, they were on, ironically, an AM station, which we couldn't get, and then an FM station, WABC-FM. But, but then they went to WNEW, and we used to get the Met games, and the Knicks, and the Rangers with Marv Albert. So, anyways, uh, we digress. Fantastic job out of Ed Cranepool. All right, enjoy the women's soccer and the overnight midnight. You guys on the West Coast will get it. We'll get it at 2 a.m. in the Midwest and 3 a.m. on the East Coast. you, uh, you know, uh, United States, women, I like them, in a big spot against Portugal. Dominic Jimenez, Ed Cranepool, thanks to him once again. Charlie Gibbons, I'm Marty Terrell. We'll catch you tomorrow on a Tuesday into a Wednesday here on Sports Byline Broadcast. Across the country on iHeart, around the world, on the American Forces Radio Network. Adios.